Get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCU Gary and Shannon, news coming out that Jared Kushner has lost his top secret security clearance. This stems from the Rob Porter scandal. White House Staff Secretary, former White House Staff Secretary Rob Porter, remember we found out he was beating his uh, wives, his wife, his ex-wife. We found out that dozens of White House aides had yet to receive permanent clearances, but yet still had access to some of the country's biggest secrets. So now sources have told Politico that Jared Kushner has had his security clearance downgraded, uh, that he and a couple other aides got a memo saying that their clearances would be downgraded to the secret level. That's going to make a, a huge difference in his ability to help negotiate whatever sort of peace deal is Uh, available or achievable in the Middle East because uh, he will now not see the best of the best when it comes to our intelligence, whether it's technological intelligence, human intelligence, whatever it is. So uh, that could potentially change his role there in the White House. Uh, We're standing by for a news conference. Florida Governor Rick Scott is uh, somewhere in the Miami-Dade area and is expected, I think he's in Doral, Florida, uh, to explain uh, the school safety plan that he has coming up. And in the context of all of that, in Parkland, Florida, the kids are going back to school at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School tomorrow. Jim Ryan has been in Parkland for the last several days. Uh, Jim, what are the the plans for tomorrow's return to school? Hi, Gary. Yeah, they're they're going to try to make it as normal as they can. I mean, obviously, under unusual circumstances, and the kids walking past a chain-link fence that's... uh, heavy with ribbons and pictures and flowers and notes that have been left to honor the 17 people who died there. It will be a difficult transition, but they'll be there for just a half day, both uh, tomorrow and on Friday. Uh, They'll start to transition to a full-day schedule sometime next week. But it's it's really just kind of easing them back into some kind of routine. Uh, The last time most of these kids were in their classrooms, they ended up fleeing for their lives. They ended up dropping their backpacks and, and running for the doors and, and trying to escape a person who was shooting at them. Uh, you can imagine the trauma that, uh, that that has put them through. So they're easing them back into it, in other words. And I'm not sure how much, Gary, how much classroom uh, you know, work is going to be done or, or homework, anything related to that for the next several weeks. But uh, psychologically, it's just a matter of trying to get these these kids into a groove again. What's the feeling there uh, in Parkland, Florida? Are, are you sensing that there's some kids that just say, I'm not going back? Well, yeah. And, you know, in fact, I talked with some of the kids today about their uh, returning to class. And uh, there may be some kids who decide not to go back at all, some parents who decide to pull their kids out and, and enroll them somewhere else. And uh, so we'll see that. I talked with the uh, one uh, 17-year-old uh, about how he's dealing with this. And it was an interesting answer, he said. He says, he's not. I asked him, how, you know, what do you mean? And he says, well, every time I start thinking about it, I just try to think of something else. I'll go uh, to baseball practice or I'll go do something else, uh, you know, uh, read a book or, or watch TV. 
the last thing he wants to do is to think about this situation at this point. Either he's overloaded with it or he simply hasn't been able to, to deal with the situation yet. So I think there are 3,000 different stories just like that among the kids and the administrators. Yeah, this is going to be a very difficult day. Um, mm-hmm. Jim, thank you for your time. Thanks, you. Jim Ryan there with the latest out of uh, Parkland, Florida. There was, uh, along those lines, this was kind of a minor story in the context of the whole shooting and the lives that were impacted by it, but one of the baby steps, I guess, that you take in the aftermath of a story like that is that you get back to the normal things that high school kids do. I mean, they're going to, you know, in the springtime, they've got prom for their juniors and seniors. They've got athletic events that that continue. And in that vein, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School hockey team won the state championships a couple days ago. Oh, they they hung their medals on crosses uh, around the the school victims. Yeah, around the school. And that's, listen, as emotional, I'm sure, as it was for those kids and for everyone who was involved in that, that's one of those small steps that has to be taken to get these kids back to where they need to be to continue with their lives. Now, I'm not saying that you need to, you know, throw your foot down on the accelerator and get them back in there, rub some dirt on it, and get back in the game. Uh, but you, but you've got to continue day to day, one step, you know, after the next, one foot in front of the other, getting back to. Uh, as normal a life as you possibly can. One of the problems that we talked about was the moving away from this school to prison pipeline. Broward County was kind of held up on a pedestal. It was one of those school districts that had done a really good job with this. There was a conservative blogger that did a bunch of investigation into the Broward County school system. Miami-Dade spent about 18 months investigating those those two different counties and their school policies and how they related to law enforcement practices. And what he found will just spin your head around that there was such a push to keep kids out of the penal system that it took officers hiding evidence because there was such pressure for these kids not to end up being guilty of crimes. I found that interesting. They had to hide evidence of crimes because if they had evidence, they would have to explain why they had it. And that would be because there was a crime that was committed. Right. And at the same time, it was just this political agreement between the the sheriff's office and the school districts and the politicians in in, in these places of, okay, we're going to show the country how we can keep kids out of the prison system. And what we'll do is we... We'll just make all these incidents go away. When kids commit crimes at school, we'll just make it go away because that way the school keeps all their funding. Law enforcement looks like it's doing community policing and we all come out smelling like roses and it's sick and it's a system that was put in place. And this kid fell through the cracks of it, and you can see why. Well, we'll talk more about that, get into some of the details of how it is that the cops were uh, were told by supervisors to hide evidence of these crimes. And one of the main things was just simply an evidence locker where storage rooms of stolen merchandise were just left to rot because turning it back to the victims of the crimes would prove that there was, in fact, a crime to begin with. All that's coming up on Gary and Shannon.
Gary and Shannon listening in to Governor Rick Scott in Florida talking about some huge changes to the way they do school safety there. Yeah, he talked about the state of Florida. I think he referred to a half a billion dollar budget surplus, and he wants to use a lot of that money to go towards school safety. Um, uh, Just in general, some of the practices that go into communication improvement between law enforcement officers and school districts and law enforcement officers uh, of different agencies. Upping the law enforcement presence, depending upon how big schools are. They want the plan to be signed off on by sheriff's departments across the state. He talked about putting in metal detectors, bulletproof glass, steel, uh, upgraded locks. He wants to establish an anonymous see something, say something hotline website and mobile app. I loved this idea. Uh, embedding employees from the Department of Family, uh, Children and Family Services in the Sheriff's Department so that they can give the Sheriff's Department maybe a heads up on kids that may be vulnerable or may have issues. Right. Um, having every school have a threat assessment team that meets once a month. These all seem like great ideas. They do. I don't know if that $500 million is enough to cover it, but it's at least enough to make a dent. He did refer to saying, uh, or he did refer to mental illness and gun control, saying that he doesn't want anybody with a mental illness to have a gun. Uh, I think he's going to have to, just in terms of getting that passed in the in the state legislature, he's going to have to narrow that down. He did amend that a little bit later on in the sub uh, in his speech and said that no one with a mental illness who would be a threat to themselves or to others. So um, it, it, it's a very wide ranging plan in terms of uh, who who it is, how it is that Rick Scott wants to change the state of Florida and school safety therein. So, One uh, of the things they should be changing is the minimizing the little criminals that go to these schools. The minimization of, of bad kids when they're acting up at school. Well, there was a, there was a guy who did a whole story on this, um, investigating Broward County, Miami-Dade school policies and how those policies transfer to law enforcement practices. And what he said, he started this in research into the Trayvon Martin case. Wanted to know why Trayvon Martin didn't have anything in his background. He had some issues at school. Well, why weren't they ever reported? Right. And it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like missed homework stuff. I mean, it was stuff that in, in, our days in high school would have resulted in at the very least suspension, probably expulsion, and maybe, you know, some engagement with law enforcement. Yeah, it was through their initial Freedom of Information Act request, Miami-Dade, that they uncovered this secret discipline and diversionary program for Trayvon Martin. This was all to avoid a criminal record. And this happens, it looks like, quite a bit. In this, in these counties in Florida. Well, and we've talked about programs like this locally as well, as well, where school districts or school administrators say we can't simply arrest kids for breaking the law because then that takes them out of the education world and puts them into the incarceration world, and they can't break out of that. Well, there are some kids that need the law to intervene, like this kid in Florida who was threatening classmates. He was boasting about how he was going to be a school shooter. He was killing animals at home. The sheriff's office was called out to his house 45 times. There are kids that need to go through the system. 
I know it, it, no, it doesn't feel good to take a kid who's 16, 17 years old with emotional problems and hook him up with law enforcement because, hell, he's had a rough life, and I get that. But there's a lot of kids that have rough lives, and they don't end up killing animals and shooting up schools. Well, I wonder if one of the things that the, the governor is saying here, that Governor Scott is saying, is that we need those mental health uh, experts in the schools on a regular basis to, to increase, make sure that every school, especially high schools, uh, have mental health experts available to all of the students in the event that something like this happens. The, 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 the depth and breadth to which this thing went, this program of hiding some of these crimes, we kind of referred to this. But this guy says that stolen merchandise was just sitting in storage rooms gathering dust. They couldn't get the stuff back to the, finger quotes, the victim... Because that would mean that police would have to explain how they got custody of it in the first place. So they would just hide this stuff. The police officers were instructed to make these crimes that these kids committed go away. That way the school districts could keep their funding because they didn't have to expel these kids. And that way the police departments could look like, oh, we're not in the business of hooking up kids. We're not in the business of that. And everybody would smell politically like a rose because, wow, look at what Broward County's doing. Look at those numbers. Those numbers look great. Look at all the kids they were able to divert from the criminal justice system and keep in school. Well, it's a great idea in theory, but there's some kids that have to go that route. There's just some people who are going to be criminals. And when they show their hand time and time again, like this kid in Florida did, Throughout his entire life, it's it's on us. We're not putting that kid away. How many times have we heard, uh, let someone show you their true selves? They they will. People They'll, will they show will you show who you. they are. It's all up to you to listen. It's just a, it's one of those frustrating things. So uh, the governor is uh, continuing, the governor there in Florida. So we'll listen a little bit more and see if he's got some more information about what it is and how it is he plans to make sure that school safety is increased throughout the state of Florida. Again, tomorrow is when... The students at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School are due back for the regular. <coughs> that's not Excuse the me, right sorry. way. Uh, the to go back for the start of classes or the resumption of classes. So we'll talk about that. Uh, also, Neil Saavedra is coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff: free pancakes at IHOP and how to clean up with some uh, some stuff you already got laying around. Don't have to stop by the Walmart, Kmart, grocery store, whatever it is to pick up your cleaning supplies. They're already in your cabinet. I love that kind of stuff. I want to know the butter one. I'm not a believer in cleaning up with butter. Gary and Shannon, we will uncover that truth when we return. (laughs) Hey, Oscar. Yes, Shannon. What do you call a lazy baby kangaroo? (laughs) I'm not sure. What is a lazy baby kangaroo? A pouch potato. Yeah, I know. It's not really a food joke, but it is a baby animal joke. That that one was so funny. Nick started cough laughing over here. Oh, well, look at that. (laughs) We have our first casualty. Great. Uh, Reminder, we are going to be out on Thursday. At J.T. Schmidt's for our next news and brews. This is going to be J.T. Schmidt's in Tustin. 
And uh, we're going to help kick off OC Restaurant Week while we're out there. So we'll be doing the show live from 10 o'clock until 2 o'clock out there Thursday. Come join us. It's going to be a blast. And there's no reason why you can't go because everyone is sick. All you have to do is call and work sick. And then you come hang out with us. We will not tell on you. Not like you have to stretch and say, oh, I'm sick. It's a new strain of the flu going. It's the same strain of the flu. It's just that everyone has it or something. Not a new one? No. Round two? I know some people that have had it twice. Didn't Nick get it twice? Maybe. I'm on I, I'm I, on round two of whatever I had in December. Yeah, but, but you, you sound like a cold. Yeah, yeah it's just cold. a bad cold. That's all it is. It's not the flu. That's all I can keep thinking is, well, it's not the flu. <laughs> you know, you could be really screwed. That's yeah, thanks for bringing it in, though. We all think. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, Neil. Hi, kids. Neil's our fork reporter, and you hear his show Saturdays from 2 to 5 right here on KFI. Let's talk about the pancakes. Today happens to be um, National Pancake Day, and IHOP is giving out free pancakes, I understand. Free short stack of buttermilk pancakes at the International House of Pancakes across you know the country. They actually make a very tasty pancake. Yeah. And the oh, cool yes, thing is do. these little short stacks are free. However, they do encourage you to donate. Sure. Which oh. is cool. Don't you think that should be like the standard? Yes. Like every day. Why just for today? I love the pancakes at IHOP. And the the little short stack of three, you don't really feel bad. You know, there's no guilt involved. There's just three little baby pancakes. I love the way you say it as if there's ever any guilt with me. Right. I well, mean, I'm not sure what the guilt is. I'm, what do you feel guilty I don't understand. I like well, sometimes blue- you know, you're, you're lathering on the butter and the syrup, but there's only three. The no. blueberry syrup is good. No. no. Are- I love Jesus. I want to see him as soon as possible. Are we, are we still... Uh, are we still using the community syrups? Like they, I mean, do they just oh, leave yeah. them on the table? Yeah. That's not a good. Uh, it's syrup. It's got so much sugar in it. Everything sticks to it and dies. Okay. You say so. Yeah, I have questions about the handles on those uh, syrups because everyone grabs them. You know, and I don't know if they get wiped down with each table. Nah, they're like the, the floors at a theater and not a nice theater. <laughs> I once took a bunch of those uh, Knott's Berry Farm jams from mm. IHOP. Because I enjoy the, the yes. Nosbury Farm jam, and my father-in-law says, "See, just take take them all, take more, put them in your purse. You never know when you're going to want to have them." So I was like, "All right." So I put them in my purse. This was years ago, and I was covering the uh, McCourt divorce, the Dodger divorce, and I got my purse in the courtroom there, with the, probably the most watched trial of that week. Hell, maybe even that half of the year. And all of a sudden, a line of ants starts. Making its oh, yeah, way yeah, yeah. out of my purse. <laughs> oh. In the courtroom. I had left the jam in there and the jam had opened up and drawn in ants and there was now a trail of ants leaving the purse. Yeah, that's something you have to mind. Did you wipe it up with pancakes? The 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 I took out the the necessities of the purse and then the purse went right in the garbage oh. can at the oh, at the court's building. That's great. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, do you make homemade pancakes? I mean, you start with I the do. flour. Do you do it from a mix at all? No, no. I start from scratch. I like making pancakes. They they aren't terribly difficult. There's a couple of things that you need to get right to make them do what they need to do. They're uh, they're essentially a, a quick bread. So it's like the equivalent of making banana bread or something like that. It's pretty simple. I did notice as I was reading through some of that the idea that that it's a quick bread in that you you cook it right away when after you make the batter as opposed to bread bread 
which a lot of people think, you know, you need with the yeast and you, you know, you capture or you provide yeah, the mechanism to capture the carbon dioxide. So you have to think of it as you're building a structure, right? And when you're making bread of any kind, there there's going to be a process of leavening. And the leavening process, whether it's going to be uh, yeast or whether it's going to be a chemical leavening like a sodium bicarbonate or, or baking soda or baking powder, there's going to be a reaction which is going to create a gas and that the structure that is made by some of the gluten and the proteins is going to try and retain that gas, which is going to make a bubble, which is going to make the structure, and then that's going to cure or set when it's heated. And then that that's what makes things fluffy or flaky or whatever, right? Well, in traditional bread making, you're using a yeast, and the process is much longer, and you usually need the dough to build up the, the – actually, you're not building them up, but you're lining up the proteins, which is gluten. That's what gluten is. It's a protein in, in uh, wheat. So you're lining them up to build a better structure. And in doughs, uh, you really need that because the bread's going to – it's going to rise. You're going to want that – you can get those stiff, lovely outside and then the nice pillowy inside. Well, in a pancake – you want it to brown on the outside, but you want it really pillowy and light, maybe a little tall if you like tall flapjacks. Uh, and you want to balance that process, but you do it with the chemical and not with yeast because it takes too long. So you don't want to overstir because you don't want to create too much gluten. Otherwise, it'll get gummy. And that's why you can leave little pockets of flour in there and your 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 mom or your dad or whoever made breakfast. It's okay w- if there's lumps in yeah, it. Yeah, so it's okay. Don't go nuts. The more you stir it, the more gluten you create. It's the equivalent of kneading if you're making uh, bread. And then um, that's going to make it more uh, gummy. And then the chemical reaction, if you're using like baking powder, which is uh, sodium bicarbonate with usually something – like a cream of tartar or an acid, a powdered acid, that is going to react. There's two stages to it. It'll react to the water. You remember as a kid, anybody ever build a rocket ship uh, with like a, a with plastic a bottle? bottle? Yeah. yeah, and then you, you put the, either the baking soda and vinegar or you put uh, baking powder in water. Well, the reason why you need the vinegar with baking uh, soda is it needs a, an acid to react and make that gas. Well... A baking powder has a powdered acid in there, usually cream of tartar, and when it mixes with water, just regular water, it will start the reaction. The difference is with baking powder is you'll have a secondary reaction. You'll have the first one when it hits water, second one when it's cooking and reaches over about 180 degrees, and you'll get this second lift. So if you want really high pancakes, uh, use the uh, baking powder. And you'll get that second lift there uh, when it's baking as well. Not to ruin my reputation as a gastronomic uh, adventurer, but I tend to water down my pancakes and make them very thin. Oh, Nothing like, wrong with that. I like okay. them thick. Okay. Hi. Yeah, I could I could hang out with either of you guys. I'll, I'll eat the thin ones. I'll eat the thick ones. <laughs> yeah. So, so like so like uh, I would be I would be uh, I guess baby bear in that scenario because I'd be like yeah that's good. I, I also I mean if nothing else I'll use whatever box of the, I'm not a, I'm not picky enough to do that. Uh, I've used some of the higher protein uh, pancake mixes recently as well, and t- I tend to water those those down a little bit because they can be they could be pretty. Um, 
granular. Well, because of the the higher protein stuff in there is also going to react. It's going to be part of that uh, uh, gluten. Yeah, and that's going to build structure differently. And get you know, I whipped, I over whipped a cake once. I was making a cake from scratch, and uh, I, I mean, seconds. I, went, I I did like the cardinal mistake, which is. Uh, not to have all my ingredients out in front of me before I start baking. And I went, oh, I needed something. So I went to the pantry, got it, came back, and I left the mixer on that whole time. If you overmix a cake and you build gluten in it, it creates these weird wormholes throughout. I mean, Oh, is it, that where those come it, from? Yes. So if you cut it, you'll see, you'll go, wait a second. Yeah. Whenever you see those in a cake and it has, the flavor is going to be fine, but it'll be a little chewier or gummier and you'll find these wormholes because you're built you built you oh you made too much structure uh and so the air didn't have anywhere to release or didn't have these small pockets it had this one long pocket and you get these long and that's all from over mixing and you can get that with pancakes as well you just mix it enough to where it's it's wet uh, you don't want to leave it you don't want to make it ahead of time at all you want to put it right on there and you're probably going to lose about two to three of them, as the pan heats up properly and interacts with the fat that you're using, and then it stabilizes and, and relaxes. And then from, like, the third one, that's why the first three always suck. And then and then from there on, it, like, <laughs> and, hits temperature. And by temperature. suck, you mean you just add an extra little tiny bit of butter and maybe yeah. another drizzle of syrup, and it goes in You eat area. them while making. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, that's not good enough to present. <laughs> <laughs> that one goes in dad, and everybody else gets the other one. We wanted to talk to you about these cleaning hacks in the kitchen, stuff that you wouldn't think can get the job done when we come back. Hashtag vodka? <laughs> Huh? I'm listening. Yeah, that's that's that. usually she's all. That's how usually how I make the mess. Wash my hands with a little spritz of vodka. Gary and Shannon, <laughs> such evil people. Wow, here. they smell so clean. Monica, what's up? Gary and Shannon, joined by Neil Savedra, the fork reporter. Before we get back to Neil, I want to remind you that we are going to be out at J.T. Schmidt's Day After Tomorrow on Thursday, Lucky as a matter of fact. Bastards. March 1st, our gas news and brews. I'm telling you, it's going to be are fantastic. Are you going to try What is the big ass burger? Or bigger, better, asser. Yeah. Have burger. you seen it? It's uh, six somebody, pounds. Somebody showed us a picture of it. Gary's yeah. going to eat the whole thing. Not I have a picture thing. of me holding one on the end of my big fork. You yeah. know, one of my big fork. Yeah. And it's got weight. I am not going to eat that thing. No. I'm, bon I'm, appetito. Tater totting it up. You Lots know what, though? Tops. I will tell you something. It's actually fantastic tasting. It's not just a novelty. It's a really, really good burger. Well, that's just one of the many burgers that they have available. J.T. Schmidt's, of course, will be out there at the district at Tustin Legacy in Orange County to help kick off OC Restaurant Week. Again, Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. All right. Now, let's talk about cleaning up the messes that Shannon has made in the past. Uh, and there are things... That are already in your pantry that you can use to clean up the messes. Oh, yeah. Because you think about, and I tell people to think about uh, things that they have in their pantry or their refrigerator as ingredients, right? So think of them as multiple ingredients. If you think of, um, you know, lemon juice, it's not only just the juice and that tartness, it's got acid in it. You think about that these things actually have chemicals in them. That can do other things than what we're used to, and that acid will help clean as well as many other household items like 
cornstarch, which is a great absorbent. It's very fine. So uh, it can be used to absorb stains, grease stains, whatnot, in, in very delicate material like satin, your unmentionables. <laughs> I don't know why they're greasy, you but I'm just saying. Intimates. Yeah, Gary calls them intimates. That sounds like something you eat. An intimate? Well, can you give me some intimates? I need, uh, <laughs> my breath is a little, need some intimates. White wine is good at removing red wine stains from clothing, carpet, furniture. I'm starting to smell it. Here's the thing. I wrestle with this one, and I see this one pop up on lists. Yes, there is a neutralizing aspect to white wine that works well and counters uh, the, the redness and starts to remove the redness of the red wine. However, white wine is not clear, and it, it can lean, lead you know, its own little mess. I know a lot of people swear by this. I'm a bigger fan of using salt. Yes, salt. So use amazing. salt. It's absorbent, and it will. Uh, you just got to nail it very quickly. Don't rub. Don't pour. Dab. You know, dab. Try and you said that with some anger. Well, because people they try and get a you know the, these stains out, and they're rubbing rubbing them deeper, and like in carpet and stuff, and you're just you. <laughs> Don't do it. Here's You're a cool one. Me mad. Coca-Cola works as a toilet cleaner. Pour the cola directly into the bowl, leave it for an hour and flush. Yeah, it actually is quite powerful and can uh What's it doing to our insides? <laughs> oh, seriously, if you ever go on YouTube, you can see no. tons of videos that they'll <laughs> drop human teeth in there. Mm. They'll do all kinds of it'll it does more than you think. What I found interesting was, I mean, this is not necessarily a kitchen thing, but you pour a can of cola into a load of wash and it will remove oil and grease stains from your clothes? Yeah, the effervescence and some of the chemicals in it will uh, help release the grease. Mm. Vodka takes uh, odors away from your from your clothes. Now, there's a lot of clothing that is either fancy or it's um, intricate, has a lot of flashy stuff. I don't know what you wear on the weekends, um, Shannon. But Intimates. if it has something with a little pizzazz, maybe you're doing you know, jazz Beer dance, thing. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that's not something you're going to be taking to uh, get cleaned all the time. So if you put a uh, vodka, not the good stuff, put it into a bottle, spritz it on there, you're golden. The vodka will dissipate because of the high alcohol content. It'll evaporate and uh, the smell will go away as well and it will take all the other odors with it. Allegedly. Now, the the one that I love. Depends how, you know. The, the one that I love there. but is such a sense memory to me is butter on a wood uh, a wood surface to remove a water ring because, and we've talked about this before, you know, oiling, uh, cutting boards or something like that, not to use butter, it will no. still spoil. It go, Yeah, it'll go, it'll get rancid. Nice. You want to use mineral oil. But there are, it, the, the rings are done, it's because of the wax that's on there in the first place to help keep it shiny. And the water ends up um, uh, making the wax turn white. And so some people go in there use that. You still need a slight bit of abrasive to go in there and actually break down some of the wax. But that's what it's doing. Neil Saavedra is our Fork Reporter, and you can hear him Saturdays, 2 to 5, right here on KFI. Thank you once again. Thank you, guys. All right. Anything else you want to throw in there just before? Uh, Stay dry out there. Yeah! Whoa. Stole it right from you. And so we come to the end of another fun-filled episode of... Gary and Shannon. Now is the time, and wherever you are is the place. 
The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree. By offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.